You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. The breaking news, it's kind of a slow news cycle right now. And I think partly uh, the, the cause of that is the fact that these weeks kind of morph into each other. You know, last week we had a game on a Wednesday. This week we've had two games on, on Monday. And then we're going to have one tonight, on, on Tuesday night. And you don't know when the weeks start, when they end. They're all just kind of morphing into each other. And it's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a tough, uh, tough go where you're, you're not sure what, when the week starts, when it ends. But uh, having said that, we'll move on to the biggest news of Sunday. And it's probably the top story. Defensive coordinator for the New York Jets, Greg Williams, got fired to, uh, yesterday. I almost said today. I apologize. It's because I'm recording on a Monday. But uh, Greg Williams was... Uh, he deserved it. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more you could say about it. He was running a cover zero. It's like, you're up by four points. A field goal's not going to win it. They need a touchdown. There's 14 seconds left. And then you bring the house on a blitz and leave your cornerbacks on an island with some of the fastest receivers in the NFL, and you don't think that's going to happen? Uh, it's really disheartening if you're a Jets fan, but then, uh, you know, if you think about it, is it really disheartening? Uh, I'm sure a lot of Jets fans were like, oh my gosh, we're going to win this game? Like, come on, we need to blow this. We need that number one pick. Like, that's more important to them right now than winning a game. And maybe it was to the Jets, too, because that totally looks like a tank job when you know every uh, a thousand times 999 times out of a thousand you're going to be playing a cover six a cover four a cover you know prevent defense and greg williams is like i have an idea let's buck the system they're they're going to expect us to play a, a you know a, a prevent let's uh let's bring the house let's call cover zero and that's what happened. It basically basically looked like the Jets were covering nobody because Henry Ruggs snuck behind the uh, defense and was able to score. And it really helped Derek Carr's day. I mean, he was already having a good day, but it made it even better. Henry Ruggs wasn't really having a good day. He, he had that fumble, and that kind of catapulted him to having a respectable fantasy football day, all because of that last play, well, almost last play of the game. So Derek, or Greg Williams, I mean, you, you kind of have to make that move. I don't know if he's being the goat, like, that was planned, like the scapegoat on it. Um, but whatever, Greg Williams des- deserved to be fired. And another uh, wide receiver, well, wide receiver was released for the Detroit Lions. It was Marvin. It was not Marvin Jones, but uh, Marvin Hall, his brother Marvin. Uh, probably my favorite Marvin. He was uh, released by the Detroit Lions, but uh, he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't at unemployed for very long. The Cleveland Browns went and snapped him up off of the uh, the waiver wire. 
So Marvin Hall will now be a member of the Cleveland Browns. And it makes sense for the Cleveland Browns. They have, you know, Hollywood Higgins and Landry and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think the addition of Marvin Hall, he's a deep threat. He can get behind defenses, blow the top off of this coverage. So I, I like the signing by the Browns. Marvin Hall's a, a pretty good fourth, fifth receiver type guy. Darrington Evans, the rookie running back from Appalachian State. He started with the Titans kind of early, but then went on IR pretty quickly with an injury. He's coming off for the Titans, so I really expect not him to be fantasy relevant by any means, but Jeremy McNichols to maybe start fading away a little bit in regards to his usage, and Darrington Evans to pick that uh, slack up that uh, McNichols had. It's, like I said, not going to be fantasy relevant when there's a Derrick Henry getting the workload. And I get it. I mean, you're not, why take Derrick Henry out unless you have to or he's tired or something. So just a, a note that you'd, you definitely need to make that I think he's the handcuff to Derrick Henry going into the playoffs. And to be honest, you kind of want all your big guys' handcuffs. Uh, so Darrington Evans would be that guy. So you need to pivot off of McNichols and get Darrington Evans. Zach Martin was placed on IR by the Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys are just, this season just can't end soon enough for the Dallas Cowboys. If you're Dallas Cowboys fans with all the hopes that you had earlier in the season uh, or before the season, you're pretty disappointed. But Zach Martin's a big blow because that one thing that uh, is the strength of the Cowboys was that offensive line, and now it's just decimated with injuries. So... Uh, it's. I don't expect the Cowboys to really do much the rest of the season. And the big, well, some other news, the Steelers finally lose a game. They were undefeated, and Monday night, the Washington football team, it wasn't even Monday night, it was like Monday, depending on their, uh, the time zone you were in, it could have been, you know, Monday afternoon game. But uh, Steelers, they couldn't catch the ball the Redskins were batting the balls all over the place instead of rushing the passer they just sat back and you know put their arms up blocked a lot of uh, Roethlisberger passes and it was a recipe for success because the Steelers offense just looked discombobulated they weren't in sync you know the the last two weeks they've been dropping balls like crazy so you figure after they learned their lesson against the Ravens that they might uh, have a little more focus in this game but they didn't they didn't drop as many balls, but it was pretty close. And, you know, you can't drop that many balls. And then, you know, third, fourth, and short yardage, and they they can't get six inches. Um, it's, yeah, it was pretty sad in that regard. So Washington, the football team, you don't have a name, but you have an upset win, and you deserve it. They, they played really well. They really uh, kind of dominated on the line of scrimmage. And that's where it matters. That's how you win games. So good for them. And the Steelers are still a top seed, but uh, the way they've been playing, they have a tough go having to play Buffalo and the Colts and the Browns still. So they might not have that top seed for, for very long, especially with the way the Chiefs are playing. And that really is the breaking news. We'll get into our Goats of the Week. The Burke and Miz. Goats of the week. Here we go.
some great performances at quarterback this week, and it uh, happened to be with quarterbacks that all had great matchups. A few of them you were worried about just because of uh, past performances against good matchups, but they didn't disappoint this week. And all the way around, if they were playing against a horrible pass defense, the quarterbacks excelled, so you, you like to see it. And the third GOAT of the week is Baker Mayfield at Tennessee. He was just on fire. All this pretty much happened in the first half. I mean, they just jumped out to, I don't know, it was like a 31-7 to at halftime. The Tennessee Titans started to claw back with Ryan Tannehill, but in the end, uh, they just fell a little bit short. But Baker Mayfield was 25 of 33 for 334 yards. He had four touchdowns, and he hit everybody. Uh, Hollywood Higgins was the top receiver for Cleveland. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a 75-yard touchdown catch. Jarvis Landry had the most targets. He was, you know, he had a decent game. He had a touchdown. The only one who didn't have a decent game in this whole mess was Austin Hooper. He had a great matchup and just didn't do anything. He had like two catches for like 20-something yards, and um, it it was disappointing, but nothing else about Cleveland was disappointing. Uh, Maybe Kareem Hunt could have done a little bit more, but Nick Chubb, great game. All the Browns receivers had great games. So Baker Mayfield just, when when he's that confident and, and cocky, he plays really well and it was good to see Cle- uh, Cleveland if they keep uh, keep up this momentum they're going to be a tough team to play and I don't know that they lose another game if they play like this I mean I, I think they lose about two more games with their upcoming schedule because they do have a pretty tough schedule but I mean they're definitely going to be in the playoffs and uh, unfortunately they're going to be a wild card but they're not out of the hunt yet they can still take the AFC North and Baker Mayfield's going to be a, a big part of that. And it's crazy to say. But uh, good job, Baker Mayfield. You're number three goat of the week. Our number two goat of the week is someone that was a ghost last week. Had a prime matchup last week and just totally bombed. People were scared to play him because of that. Uh, I would have been scared to play him. I mean, I didn't use him in any of my lineups, even with the matchup, based off of what he did against the Falcons. But uh, it's Derek Carr against the Jets. 28 out of 47, 381 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but he also ran in, uh, had a touchdown run uh, later in the game. And uh, it wasn't very far, but it was effective. And it got him a lot, you know, got him the six points instead of the four. He had a really good game, an effective game. I mean, he basically targeted Darren Waller the whole time, which I don't blame him because Darren Waller had basically a career game which we'll get to a little bit later. But uh, the the Raiders, uh, you know, they pulled it out at the end. This actually should have been a loss. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. Even though the Raiders won this game, it was a loss. And, and Derek Carr probably won't, wouldn't have even made this list if it wasn't for the Jets playing a cover zero in the very last play of the game on that uh, bomb to Ruggs. It was like a 50-yard touchdown with like 14 seconds left to Henry Ruggs. And Ruggs was pretty quiet most of the game, and it made Ruggs fantasy relevant just for that last play. And uh, if you're you're a Jets fan, I, I can't say that you're upset about that. You might be happy because 
I know everyone's hoping that the Jets get the number one pick and they get Trevor Lawrence. So if you're the Jets, you're like, don't blow this. Don't win. This game doesn't matter. And Raider fans are like, oh, my gosh, we're losing to the freaking Jets. This is crazy. Leave it to the Jets to do a cover zero uh, almost on the last play of the game to, to lose it. Uh, and, you know, we already talked about it in the breaking news. It cost Greg Williams his job, and it should have cost Greg Williams his job. I mean, you, you do cover there all the way. Total tank job by the Jets. Um, Josh Allen, he's our number one goat of the week at quarterback. He just, against the 49ers, you thought this might be a, a, a tough matchup for him just because the Niners are the Niners. And, and really well coached. But he was 32 for 40 for 375 yards and four touchdowns. Four. And none of those were rushing. You know, you figure Josh Allen, if he's going to get four touchdowns, half of those are going to be rushing. He passed for all those. I mean, Cole Beasley got a couple. Dawson Knox got one. Um, just really great performance by Josh Allen. He was really fun to watch, and it's great to watch the way that Josh Allen is embraced by Buffalo and how much, uh, you know, Josh Allen, uh, the, the jump that he made from his first year uh, to his second year, and now, you know, you look at him, it's like, it's it's amazing. Even at the beginning of the year, you're like, well, he still doesn't have his accuracy from his rookie year, and he's, I mean, he, I've been impressed with his progression that he's made, so... Good for Josh Allen. You are our number one GOAT of the week. These running back GOATs of the week, it's great to see some of these faces. It's the first time for actually all three of them. Uh, I take that back. Two of the three on GOATs of the week at running back. And usually you see the same faces like Davin Cook, Derrick Henry. They're, they're mainstays on this usually, but they both didn't have that great of a week, and it led the way for some new faces. Number three happens to be Jonathan Taylor for the Indianapolis Colts. He was playing the Houston Texans. He rushed the ball 13 times for 91 yards, and he was targeted three times in, in the passing game, had three catches for 44 yards, and he had one touchdown. So that touchdown really catapulted him to the top of the running back rankings. I don't like the 13 rushes. That still kind of scares me. Uh, it shows that Jonathan Taylor can be an effective wide receiver uh, coming out of the backfield. So that was good to see him getting involved in the passing game. But 13 touches, man, uh, he, he really needs to be e efficient with those touches. And I can't, uh, you know, that's not something that he can do game to game with some of these matchups. So I'm happy for Jonathan Taylor, but I definitely think it's like a one-and-done type thing for being on our GOAT list. Um, I do like the fact that he's being used more than he was previously. You're really starting to see Jordan Wilkins kind of fade away. And, uh, I mean, he's still out there every once in a while, but, uh, you know, Naheem Hines is, is still in the mix. But it, it's starting to turn into a more of a two-back rotation than the three-back rotation. So that's good news for Jonathan Taylor. But again, I just, uh, I'm not sure with the uh, the 13 carries. I'd like to see that uh, in increase a little bit more. Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers versus the Eagles was our number two go to the week. 
Uh, it was a little bit unexpected. You know, Eagles defense is pretty good, but I think they're hampered by how pathetic the Eagles offense is. I mean, they just can't stay on the field, so that means the Eagles defense is constantly on the field, and that's just not good for any defense. The Aaron Jones rushed for 15 times, 130 yards, had a touchdown, and then he was targeted three times and caught all three for 18 yards. And Aaron Jones is the man in, on the Packers. It, it's not a surprise. I, I really like uh, – he's actually one of my favorite backs to watch just because he's so efficient at everything he does. And uh, Aaron Rodgers really likes looking at him in the passing game. He runs hard. He's just, uh, it doesn't surprise me that uh, he, made, he made an appearance this week, even with the, the Eagles defense. Number one is I never thought I would see this guy as the number one GOAT of the week at running back. It is David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions. David freaking Montgomery made number one. He had 17 rushes for 17 to, uh, 72 yards, two touchdowns, Cut off four of his targets for 39 yards. And, I mean, the two touchdowns were just icing on the cake. And and the fact that uh, he had 17 rushes, it's... I'd like to see more, actually. With Mitch Trubisky playing quarterback, I, I always feel like they try to put it in Mitch Trubisky's hands a little bit too much. And Trubisky didn't have a horrible game, but uh, it's, it's good to see David Montgomery start being more efficient with his uh, his targets and his carries and I, I think he needs to get more of those for Chicago to be successful because all in all the Bears still lost this game against the Lions they've been in a huge slide and I, I think it has to do with just keeping that offense on the field running the ball and that starts with David Montgomery but uh, he had a great game this week the number one running back in all of fantasy football so congrats to uh Montgomery, and here's to many more. We'll see. I'll, I'll see it when I believe it, but uh, he, he's there this time. The wide receiver goats of the week. The number three goat of the week. Kind of surprised, but he had an amazing game. It happened on Monday night, and it's Cole Beasley against the 49ers. 11 targets, 9 catches for 130 yards, and a touchdown. And you love to see Cole Beasley with John Brown injured. His targets go way up. They always have this year uh, with John Brown when, when John Brown doesn't play. And the Buffalo Bills offense is, you know, used to be Cole. <laughs> and they've graduated to being electric. And uh, yeah, it's a bad joke, but uh, they've uh, they've upgraded their energy, and uh, they're they're fun to watch. It's uh, you know, there's the Josh Allen. He's obviously the leader there. Buffalo loves him, and uh, we we talked about that already. But Beasley, man, he's he works that middle of the field better than anyone right now, and he's a tough matchup. You can't guard him, and I just. I think that uh, as long as John Brown's out, that Cole Beasley is a weekly starter at this point now. Uh, and he definitely showed it by having a great game against this 49ers defense that does, doesn't do too bad usually against the wide receiver. So that's why, that's, you know, I not that I'm surprised that he had a good game, but to this extent, I, I kind of am. Number two, go to the week, Corey Davis. 
more like Corey Yavis versus the Browns. 12 targets, had 11 catches for 182 yards and a touchdown. I mean, basically caught everything thrown his way. And just a really big day for him. It wasn't a losing effort, but uh, the game script kind of went to the Titans passing the ball a lot. You know, being down 31 to 7, we'll, we'll do that. And that meant a lot of targets for A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Adam Humphrey, surprisingly, was kind of shut out. He didn't really get a lot of targets. He got one catch, so uh, that's because the, the ball went to Corey Davis uh, all the time. So huge day for Corey Davis, and he definitely is our second GOAT of the week. Our number one GOAT of the week is Devontae Adams. He, he had two touchdowns. Touchdowns, he's adding them up, or Adams them up, I should say. Against the Eagles, he had 12 targets, 10 catches for 121 yards. Just Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football, and he's consistent. Aaron Rodgers likes him, throws to him. Devontae Adams likes Aaron Rodgers to throw to him. He's just such a dynamic receiver. So all uh, dad jokes and bad puns aside, Devontae Adams is the number one GOAT of the week and probably number one GOAT wide receiver of the season. The tight end goats of the week, we have two that weren't very big surprises, had great matchups, and are just really good players. And then one that really was a surprise, and we'll get to that one because he's the number three goat of the week, Dan Arnold, the Arizona Cardinals tight end. Sounds more like your IT manager when your computer's being screwy or really slow or not loading right. You, you call Dan Arnold from IT, and he comes and fixes it. But for the Arizona Cardinals, he came and fixed a lot more than their computers. He was really efficient. He was targeted three times, had two catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so good job, Dan Arnold. And a, a lot of, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at this and saying, man, maybe I should pick him up for fantasy uh, football. And I just think this was a good game. He's not one that excites me as someone I need to pick up uh, for fantasy football because he only had three targets and only had two catches. That's pretty much been the standard with the Arizona Cardinals tight ends to this point. So, yeah, was it a great game? But is this going to be a game that he's going to build off of and you know be effective or efficient the rest of the way? I, I don't see it. I just feel like he... Not that he was lucky necessarily, but uh, it's not every day he's going to get, you know, the, all of his catches for touchdowns. Number, but it was a great game, and uh, it was it was fun to watch those plays. Number two is Travis Kelsey versus the Broncos. Thirteen targets, eight catches, one hundred thirty-six yards, and a touchdown. It's Travis Kelsey type numbers. N no surprise here. Chiefs eked by the Broncos. It was closer than it should have have been. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tyreek Hill gets that catch. Didn't even know he had that catch. It was like they punted the ball away, and then everyone's looking at the replay. Like, you know, it really looks like he caught that ball. He did catch that ball. And it was just so ho-hum. Usually, you're, you know, the, the coaches are all over it. 
ready to challenge something like that, and it didn't happen. Like, you really thought it was incomplete until, you know, the, the next series where the uh, the Broncos had the ball, and they were – yeah, they're they're showing they're showing that uh, Tyreek Hill actually caught it. So anyway, moving on to our number one goat of the week at tight end, Darren Waller. Just this is the best tight end performance I think I've ever seen. If there was another one that was better than this, I, I can't remember it. And uh, obviously there was because I think it was like the fifth or sixth best best uh, tight end performance in the NFL like history. But I just can't remember them. He was targeted 17 times, had 13 catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. And especially that second one where he just was able to race down that sideline and make uh, someone miss and then get in the end zone. It was, I mean, just didn't have an answer for him. And uh, he was Derek Carr's primary target all game long. It was almost like when you're out playing uh, football on the playground with your your best friend who's just throwing you the ball without a defense. I mean, it really looked like Darren Waller was playing this game without a defense. That's how a dominant of a performance that he had. So Darren, the baller, Waller, our number one go to the week. It, uh, it was a great matchup. You expected him to do, you know, do well, but I don't think anyone expected him to do something like this. Burke and Ms. the Wiz Maltabon, Ghosts of the Week. Let's get this started. These quarterback ghostly performances, we have a pretty good slate. Our, our number three ghost is Matt Ryan versus the New Orleans Saints. 19 for 39 for 273 yards. He did get a touchdown, but overall... Just a really bad outing for Matt Ryan. You know, it was a tough matchup against the Saints, but he needed to have a good game for the Falcons to pull the upset, and they just couldn't do it. And Matt Ryan wasn't like horrible in regards to turnovers. He didn't throw any interceptions or anything. Just they really couldn't they couldn't move the ball very well, and the Saints defense really held up their end of the bargain. So it was one of those days where you're just were wanting more from Matt Ryan and, and you didn't get it. Number two, this one is just on a downward spiral. He might be on this list some more. Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback at uh, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. He was 6 for 15. 6 for 15 for 79 yards. Ran the ball three times for 18 yards. And I just got to say, you got 79 yards passing. I mean, you have Alshon Jeffrey, you have Travis Fulgham, you have Jalen Rager, you have Dallas Goddard, you have Zach Ertz coming back, and Miles Sanders as your running back. Like, you have weapons, and you're just not getting it done. And I know the Eagles' offensive line is decimated, but, I mean, it really shows that if you don't have that line right, it doesn't matter how many weapons or what your weapons are. It's really hard to be effective. And especially when you're a quarterback like Carson Wentz, where, you know, you're not getting it done. And uh, having to make those reads and, and the, some of the processing he needs to do. I'm not saying he's dumb. I'm just saying some of that processing he has to do with uh, 
not a lot of time to do it. He just is not being effective. And this was a really bad outing for him. He didn't throw any interceptions, though. Crazy, uh, crazy but, yeah, 79 yards is 79 yards. <laughs> the number one ghost of the week is the rookie. And you kind of saw it happening. I mean, Bill Belichick with rookie quarterbacks, he just eats them alive. But Justin Herbert, Los Angeles Chargers quarterback against the New England Patriots, 26 for 53. So he threw the ball 53 times. Couldn't do anything. 209 yards out of 53 attempts. 26 completions. He got 209 yards. Two interceptions. I mean, he, he couldn't even score. So, I mean, the Chargers were shut out completely. They scored zero points. I mean, Patriots just had a dominant performance on defense and special teams. That was the difference. Justin Herbert kind of is licking his wounds on this one. Uh, he needs to come back strong with his next game, but uh, the Patriots definitely taught him a lesson and uh, uh, kind of knocked him off his high horse pretty fast. It was uh, w- one of those games that uh, I think a rookie needs to go through, and uh, Justin Herbert's going to be you know, a great player for years to come. So uh, I think this is just going to be a minor setback for him. Now it's time for our running back ghosts of the week. Some disappointing performances at running back this week for sure, but these three kind of take the cake based off of what the expectations were. Number three, Latavius Murray versus the Falcons. We talked them all up, especially after the week he had last week, how this was going to be a continuation. Saints were going to run the ball a lot. They weren't going to pass the ball as much. And Latavius Murray responded by having five carries for 17 yards. He was targeted twice, had two catches, didn't get a single yard off of that. So you, uh, if you put Murray in your lineup, you got a whole 1.7 points in, uh, in this matchup. So especially trying to make the playoffs for a lot of people, it was the last week of this regular season. So Latavius Murray really let you down. Number two is Benny Snell for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They played the Washington football team. He ran the ball eight times for five yards, and then had so he had more he had more carries than he had yards. That's how bad the Steelers' running game was in this one. Three targets, only had two catches for another five yards. So basically, he got everybody one point. And when James Conner went down. Everyone clamored to get Benny Snell as a pickup. And Benny Snell really hasn't been able to get it done. And I don't blame any of the Steelers running backs at this point. I mean, you, you look at uh, the flow of the games, and the, every time they try to run the ball, it just looks out of sync and, and horrible. They, they can't block anyone up front. So uh, I have major concerns about the Steelers running game. And if I had uh, any of those Steelers running backs at this point, I wouldn't be playing them in the playoff game. They haven't been able to figure it out, and I don't want to take a risk on them in the playoffs to uh, to see if they do it. At this point, I mean, you could probably drop them. I mean, you're not dropping James Conner, of course, but Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland. I, you probably don't have Anthony McFarland, but I'm definitely dropping Benny Snell. I just don't see any upside with the way things are going. And they haven't gone this way for the last month. 
But the number one ghost of the week is James White against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, a lot of this had to do with uh, Cam Newton only getting, like, what, 69 yards passing, I think? Maybe it was 58. I don't know. Something ridiculous. But uh, James White was targeted four times, had three catches for one yard. Really bad performance by James White. He really, yeah, you got one yard on three catches. Uh, he vultured some touchdowns the week before. He actually vultured two touchdowns the week before. So you figured that that might be the case this week. It wasn't, and he was really a non-factor. And In his defense, I mean, the Patriots didn't need to pass, but their special teams and defense, this was, you know, they were destroying the Chargers. So, I mean, they scored 45 points without having to pass the ball, so... It really kind of takes James White out of the game flow. But nonetheless, that still makes him a ghost of the week because he really just disappeared. <laughs> the wide receiver ghosts of the week. It wasn't very hard to find these guys to kind of top our list. Number three is MVS. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers against the Philadelphia Eagles. He was targeted two times, had zero catches, zero yards, and he did have one run. It was for minus four yards. Really not the day you'd like to see. We, we knew he probably didn't have a, a very good matchup against the Eagles and wasn't going to be productive, but no one predicted he'd have negative points. He had negative .4 points total. So... Really, yeah, you really want you really wanted him to do better than that if you started him. Jerry Judy, he's our number two ghost of the week. He had four targets, one catch for five yards. And you know, he gets the separation, he's talented. He Drew Locke just can't hit him. Uh, he he can never get uh, you know, his accuracy to Jerry Judy is atrocious. And Tim Patrick is actually kind of starting to take the reins of the receiving core and being the main guy. So I don't know what it is trying to throw it to Tim Patrick compared to throwing it to Jerry Judy, but uh, they're doing a better job getting it to Tim Patrick right now. And if you're a Jerry Judy owner, I, for one, why are you a Jerry Judy owner? Uh, but number two is, you know, if you're waiting for that breakout, you're waiting for him to, you know, be fantasy relevant, and it's just not happening. And how can you trust that guy in the playoffs now that the fantasy football playoffs are starting? You really can't. So at this point, he's on your roster, but you're not starting him. So I definitely think that he's a guy that should be dropped for the playoff push. Now, if you're in a dynasty league, uh, he definitely has some keeper value for future seasons. But if you have a one-and-done type season, he's not a guy that you want to keep on your roster at this point. It's, uh, like I said, he's... He's going to be taking up space on your bench, and that's about it. Number one wide receiver ghost of the week is Christian Kirk, the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver. They played the Los Angeles Rams. He was targeted three times, had one catch for two yards. Kyler Murray had a bad day. I mean, Hopkins scored a touchdown, but his day wasn't anything significant. Just an all-around bad day. This NFC West is usually a pretty entertaining Game, you know, they have pretty entertaining games. This was not one of them. This was kind of 
it, it was painful to watch. I mean, the Rams did a great job of kind of dominating the Cardinals' offense. And this is a game that I, Kyler Murray can learn from. And, you know, you you, you play these top defenses, and uh, eventually you're going to have to produce against them. And, and Kyler Murray is not there yet. But uh, I, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to talk too down on him because he's having a great season. This is about Christian Kirk, and Christian Kirk's just you know he had like a four week run where he was really effective and relevant, and outside of that he wasn't. So you're really getting the extremes with Christian Kirk, the highs and the lows, and he's another one with the fantasy football playoff starting. Are you confident to play him every week? I don't think that you are right now. So if you have Christian Kirk, he. Uh, He's a guy that uh, you're, you're probably worried about if you're you know, in a position where you need to play him for, for the playoffs. Now it's time for the tight end ghosts of the week. We have a good group right now. The number three ghost of the week for tight end is Hayden Hurst. The Atlanta Falcons tight end versus the New Orleans Saints. He was targeted four times, had one catch for nine yards. Hayden Hurst was Hayden the worst. I don't even know what to say. Like This was a game that potentially he could have done something. Saints don't always do well against the tight end position. Hayden Hurst was available to be that guy. And overall... I mean, Hayden Hurst has been pretty disappointing. You expected Austin Hooper-type performances at some point. They never transpired. They're still not transpiring with good matchups. And this is not a really good performance. He was the one person on the Falcons that I thought would have a decent game with uh, how well they would be. The, you know, the Saints would be able to bottle up everyone else on this offense. And it just didn't happen. Number two is... Hunter Henry for the Los Angeles Chargers. Hunter Henry made me Hunter hangry. Uh, he, against the Patriots, was targeted two times, had one catch for five yards. This wasn't a horrible matchup for Hunter Henry. I mean, it, it wasn't top of the line, but Hunter Henry still, I felt, I, I obviously hampered by Justin Herbert and his inability to uh, do anything against this New England uh, defense. But, yeah, it was, I guess this whole performance by the Chargers just made me hangry, and Hunter was just a, a byproduct of their inefficiency. Number one, Jimmy Graham, Chicago Bears, tight end against the Lions. He is now Jimmy Scam because before this week, you weren't sure if he was still the tight end or not. You still thought he was, but it became pretty clear and pretty obvious that Cole Komet was the new starting tight end after this game. But you didn't know that going into the game, so you started him thinking that you were going to have a great performance. And you didn't. He got one target, one target the whole game. Zero yards, zero catches, zero everything. It was pretty much skunked. And that's just disappointing when, like I said, you're looking to maybe make a push for the playoffs or it was the game to decide if you're going to make the playoffs and you thought he was a starter. And then after the game, you're like, you know, he's not the starter anymore and I just made a big mistake. So, Jimmy Scam, you're our number one ghost of the week. Thanks for your really bad performance. It was 
not only just a bad performance, but bad timing because uh, you could have probably kept some teams out of the playoffs with it. It's Burke and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get it started. This is the part you've all been waiting for. This is the Pickups to Stick Up segment. This is where we tell you all the players you need to get for this week for Fantasy Victory. And let's get right into it. The first pickup at quarterback we have, we want him on our team so bad it hurts. It is Jalen Hurts from the Philadelphia Eagles. If you haven't watched the game last week, Carson Wentz was benched. Jalen Hurts came in and actually played better than Carson Wentz. Got more points, got a touchdown. I think the Eagles make that move. There's too much at stake. Coaches' jobs are on the line. I think they finally make that move. You know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, saying that this, you know, you, you needed to pick up Hurts for this situation, but, uh, you know, they kept sticking with Carson Wentz. Well, now I think it's pretty much going to be official. I would jump on Jalen Hurts because I like the talent. You know, you have Miles Sanders around him. You have Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. I mean, there, there's some talent there, and uh, I'm not saying this was all Carson Wentz's fault, but with uh, maybe new blood at quarterback, maybe he can get the best out of the talent that's around him. So he's my number three quarterback pickup. The number two quarterback pickup is Sam Darnold for the Jets. I mean, I just have liked the Jets' offense these last two weeks. I never thought I would say that. Uh, Adam Gase is a genius. No, I'm not going to go that far. But regardless, uh, the Jets have been able to score. It's been their defense that have, has been letting them down. So uh, I like Sam Darnold. He's has eight targets to Perryman and, and Mims. And Jamison Crowder had like a top ten week last week. So he has the talent around him. And he would be my number two pickup. Number one, Baker Mayfield. He finally convinced me. Cleveland Browns, they dominated the Tennessee Titans. And to see Baker Mayfield do that against a good team. Now, I know it's not a great defense, but it's a good team. It's a game that everyone thought the Tennessee Titans was you know, was going to win, especially being at home. And uh, Baker Mayfield just, he did most of his damage in the first half. He, you know, four touchdown passes going out to a 31 to like seven lead i'm i'm taking baker mayfield and i I think not that he's going to do what he did against tennessee but uh he's playing with confidence and sometimes this game is uh, it's a game about momentum and right now baker mayfield has a lot of momentum so i want him on my roster running back the number three is adrian peterson for the lions he was probably dropped when DeAndre Swift came back and started dominating. Well, since then, DeAndre Swift had a concussion that was pretty severe, and he hasn't made it back yet. So we're starting to think it's maybe worse than what we anticipated. And, of course, you don't want him to go out there and play if he has a, a really bad concussion. But in the meantime, Adrian Peterson has been performing pretty well. Even against some rough matchups, he's done pretty well. So he's a guy that I would throw out there and play at all times and until DeAndre Swift gets back and we don't know when that is at this point so Adrian Peterson needs to be owned especially for your run for the playoffs he's a good fallback piece to have like for a flex or backup running back if uh, you you know you get an injury number two is Ty Johnson for the Jets 
Ty Johnson just looked like the better Jets running back. I mean, Frank Gore got hurt pretty early. Who knows if he's going to come back in time for week 14. And Josh Adams looked pretty good, but I just thought Ty Johnson looked... He looked like the best running back to me in that backfield. He got 100 yards, got a touchdown. He's the... I, I mean, I hate recommending two Jets in one uh, pickups to stick up segment, but... I'm definitely recommending Ty Johnson. I think he can be a – well, for as long as Frank Gore is out, I think he can be a, a pretty decent pickup that can be productive. Number one is, in case you didn't hear, he came back from IR. Now he's playing David Johnson. We're usually a few more weeks ahead of this than we have been on the, uh, with David Johnson. But he needs to be your number one pickup. He's really solid running back. He's more like a running back, too. He'll get you, like, your – 9 to 15 points consistently and you know last week against the Colts he had a bad matchup and he still scored a touchdown so you can get that type of production from David Johnson you're going to take it and he's he's not going to win you weeks but he doesn't lose you weeks and that's exactly what you want sometimes in you know the fantasy football playoffs you don't want a guy to lay a lay an egg or just totally uh, have a dud of a game that costs you your season Moving on to receiver, the number three wide receiver is James Washington for the Steelers. The Steelers have not been able to pass the ball very well. There have been a lot of drops by all their receivers. James Washington has started to become their go-to guy because he has hands. He doesn't drop the ball. He catches balls in traffic. He scored the touchdown uh, you know, last night. Well, last I shouldn't say last night, last afternoon uh, against the Washington football team. I think they're going to start getting more opportunities, especially as the current receivers are kind of squandering their opportunities. Uh, James Washington right now looks like the best Steelers receiver, and I would kind of want to be on top of that uh, increased workload that I think he's going to start getting. Number two. Chad Hansen for the Texans. Randall Cobb was hurt. Will Fuller was suspended for the year. And then Brandon Cooks got hurt in the game. Don't know if he's going to be back for this coming up game. So that really puts the uh, spotlight on Kiki Kuti, who we already recommended a couple weeks ago. And now Chad Hansen. I think Chad Hansen could have a great game. He had a great game last week. Uh, had 100 yards receiving. And... Uh, was targeted quite a bit. I think that could be the case this week, and you need to have Chad Hansen in your lineup, potentially. So not only do you pick him up, but I think he might be a good lineup uh, add if Brandon Cooks doesn't play. And then number one is Colin Johnson. I have Colin Johnson for the Jaguars because I thought two weeks ago was a fluke where he had an amazing game. Well, With DJ Chark back, I thought Colin Johnson would kind of fade away again into being the fourth or fifth receiver, but that didn't happen. He was targeted quite a bit, Uh, even with DJ Chark, LaVishka Chenault, uh, Chris Conley, uh, Keelan Cole, all those guys. Uh, Colin Johnson seems to be having an addition for the team next year, and they're giving him every opportunity to take advantage of that, so... I'm jumping on the Colin Johnson bandwagon, and I'm picking him up because I think it's going to continue the rest of the season. Uh, 
Then at tight end, a lot of changes going on at tight end. The third pickup at tight end is Anthony Ferkser. Johnny Smith didn't play, so Ferkser took his spot. As long as Johnny Smith doesn't play, I think uh, Anthony Ferkser is a great pickup. And heck, even when Johnny Smith does play, Ferkser gets more targets in the passing game. So he seems uh, to be trusted more with the Titans right now. So I think Anthony Ferkser could be a really good pickup. Number two, I have Dawson Knox with the Bills. I don't believe it myself, but uh, this is the second week in a row he scored a touchdown. Josh Allen is starting to trust him a lot more. Uh, Tyler Croft, who was their receiving tight end, is inactive and has been inactive for the last couple weeks. So uh, with that increase in workload for Dawson Knox and increase in targets, I'm liking him as an option, especially with how well this Bills offense is kind of firing on all cylinders. John Brown's out for the year, so they, they need that extra target. And basically with Knox, Beasley, and Diggs, and Gabriel Davis, they're, they're getting it done. So I, I think now Dawson Knox is good enough to be a pickup ad for tight end, especially because the tight end position's struggling. And in the playoffs, you need all the help you can get, especially at that position. And number one is Cole Komet. If you haven't heard, uh, Cole Komet had an amazing game last week. Had like seven targets. Jimmy Graham didn't have that many targets. And for the last two weeks, it's looking like Cole Komet is the starter now, and Jimmy Graham is no longer the starter. Cole Komet is the rookie from Notre Dame. They're giving him the action. He's going to be the new starting tight end for the Bears. I think you need to run out and get Cole Komet at tight end. He can definitely make a difference in the fantasy football playoffs. The Bears, they like to use their tight ends. They throw to them. So he is the number one tight end pickup for fantasy football in week 14. So hopefully you pick him up, plug him in, and he helps you win your first round of the playoffs. So that will do it for the pickups, the stickups, and let's get into the Thursday night preview. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man, I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview, starting now. Hey guys, Thursday Night Football is back, so let's talk about it, right? Uh, New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Rams. This It's football, so I watch it. I don't normally like Thursday night games because it's sloppy. There's not a lot of time to prepare. So it's either a low-scoring game or a, it's a really high-scoring game because, again, they haven't had time to prepare. So teams uh, are able to really take advantage of, of certain matchups. But in this one, I, I don't see it being a high-scoring game. I think it's actually going to be a really low-scoring, boring game. Both defenses are phenomenal. The Rams are favored by six points, 
And I think they win by six points. There's just more that I like on the Rams side than the Patriots side in this one. So I I think they win by a, a touchdown or more in this one with, with that defense. The over-under is 44.5. So that's, what, 22 points per side. I'm taking the under on that. And you might think that's crazy because 44.5 is pretty low over-under. I just can't see these teams scoring against each other. Uh, at all, actually. Everyone's on my bench on this one. So this is a fantasy football matchup that you'll be going into the playoffs, potentially. And you can dig yourself a hole if you play someone in this matchup. It just doesn't have a lot of fantasy football uh, like viability. Um, you're going to have to be making a lot of moves you know, on Sunday trying to cover for the mistakes that you made in this one. Starting sit, uh, I, I would start James White as a receiver the rams do pretty well against running backs but they do give up receiving yards james white is that guy i'd be a little bit nervous if rex burkhead was still around but since he's on ir uh, but it's still going to be a committee so sony michelle damian harris i think those guys are both sits i wouldn't risk playing those guys i like james white though because of the receiving but everyone else cam newton Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers, Ryan Izzo. I mean, everybody. You're just, you're benching everybody. Cam Newton can't pass the ball. He couldn't last week. I mean, he's had some really horrible passing guard numbers this year. And, I mean, there's games where you can't even get 100 yards. To me, this could be another game where it will look like that. So that pretty much takes out all those weapons out of the offense and not that there are weapons anyways i mean they're 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 okay players demir bird and jacoby myers they're good players they're solid but they're definitely not the caliber of a lot of other teams are uh, anyway on the ram side of the ball i have everyone sitting as well the whole this is the running back by committee game new england patriots have four or five backs they always use the rams have three backs that they always use you never know who they're using or when or why there's no rhyme or reason so basically in this game just watching both of them back and forth will be pretty yeah it's going to be the running back by committee game i i'm not starting henderson i'm not starting acres and acres was kind of hurt uh last week on sunday so he's not going to be practicing for the beginning of the week so definitely monitor that but malcolm brown same thing they're, they're all on my bench jared goff he's on my bench tight ends higby everett they're on my bench and then you know cooper cup i think bill belichick does a good job of taking away their main weapon and i think it's cooper cup that's where jared goff looks to when he's in a pickle and you take away cooper cup you're going to force the ball more to uh, Robert Woods and so Bobby Trees is why I think he's going to have a decent game is he's going to be getting those targets because Cup will not be open but uh, Josh Reynolds I think he can have a you know have a decent game as well I think between Bobby Trees and Josh Reynolds those two guys have the potential to have a better oh, get the majority of the targets and have a decent stat line in this matchup but overall like I'm, I'm looking at this and i don't see anything that makes me excited from a fantasy football perspective about this game but i will watch it to see some good defense because who doesn't like good defense
This concludes the Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Ms. the Wiz Montalban. We appreciate you listening to the show. We'll be back in a couple days to finish out the previews for Week 14. In the meantime, hey, there's a game tonight, so enjoy the game, Ravens and Cowboys. Until then, cheers. Cheers.